Hey guys, it's Brie. You're listening to Brief. Today we are briefing Animal Farm by George Orwell. We will be covering chapters 6 through 10 and themes. Okay, chapter 6 opens by saying, All that year the animals worked like slaves, but they were happy to work because it was for the benefit of themselves and not for humans. Napoleon announces that along with the 60-hour work week they've been doing, they would now work on Sunday afternoons. This, of course, was voluntary, but anyone who didn't work would have their rations reduced. They found stone and cement to make the windmill, but it was hard to figure out how to break the large stones into smaller pieces. Finally, they decided to use gravity, and they pulled the rocks up with ropes to the top of the quarry and dropped them. Boxer, as always, worked the hardest. Clover warned Boxer not to ruin his body, but he didn't listen. He told the rooster to wake him half an hour earlier than everyone else so he could work more. Things were still better than they had been when Mr. Jones was there. They had more food, jobs were done more efficiently without the humans, but they were running low on things that couldn't be produced on the farm. Things like nails, string, iron for horses' shoes, etc. So in order to fix this, Napoleon announced that they would now be trading with the neighboring farms. He was going to sell a stack of hay and some wheat and, if needed, eggs. The hens should welcome this sacrifice, it says, as their own special contribution towards the windmill. The animals were uneasy to be doing work with humans, and the four pigs who had protested when Napoleon took his reign started to protest again, but the dogs growled and shut them up. And then the sheep started their annoying chant again, four legs good, two legs bad. Napoleon assured them that none of them would come in contact with humans. He would take that burden on himself. And he hired a broker, we talked about Mr. Wimper, to act as his intermediary between Animal Farm and the outside world. They sang the Beasts of England and they were dismissed. Squealer was sent around to convince the animals that there had never actually been a resolution against engaging in trade with humans, and it was probably just a lie that Snowball had told. Some animals were still unsure, so Squealer asked if they had any record of this resolution to prove that it wasn't just a dream, and the animals were satisfied that they had been mistaken. Mr. Wimper came every Monday. The animals took pride in seeing Napoleon on four legs giving orders to a human on two legs. All the humans in the surrounding farms still hated Animal Farm and insisted that the windmill would fail, but they did respect the animal's efficiency. Humans started calling Animal Farm by its proper name instead of Manor Farm. The animals started hearing rumors that Napoleon was going into business with one of the neighboring farms, and then the pigs moved into the farmhouse. The other animals remembered the rule about no one living in the farmhouse, but of course, Squealer convinces them that there had never been a rule. The pigs needed a quiet place to work. It was more suited to Napoleon, who he was now calling leader. The animals were still not okay with it, though, especially after hearing that they slept in the beds. And Clover went over to the wall where the original rules had been written, the Seven Commandments, and read, No animal shall sleep in a bed with sheets. So, with sheets was added to the end. But Squealer convinced them that the rule was about sheets because sheets are a human invention. Beds are okay, though. A few days later, it was announced that the pigs would sleep in an hour later and no one complained. The windmill was halfway built by fall and there was a storm in November and the wind was so strong that it knocked tiles off the roof. And in the morning, they found the windmill in ruins. Napoleon told the animals that Snowball had destroyed the windmill. 
He pronounced a death sentence on Snowball if they found him, and he would reward the animal who found him with a second-class medal and a bushel of apples. They found, conveniently, pig footprints in the grass by the windmill. It is announced that they will rebuild the windmill and work through the winter in order to get it done. Chapter 7. The winter was super hard, but the animals had to prove the humans wrong. And the humans said that it wasn't Snowball who destroyed the windmill, it was the storm. But the animals knew this was just out of spite. But just in case, they built the windmill three feet thick instead of the previous 18 inches. The animals found the most inspiration in Boxer's strength. They were running out of food and went days without eating really anything. The humans made up lies about Animal Farm, saying that the animals were dying and resorting to cannibalism. And in order to stop these rumors, Napoleon ordered that sand be used to fill the food bins up to almost the top and then be covered with food so that they looked full. So that when Mr. Wimper came over to do trades, he would see that the rations had increased. And the animals were also instructed to casually mention around Mr. Wimper that they were getting enough food. Napoleon rarely came out of the farmhouse these days, but it was apparent that they needed more food to survive the winter. So Squealer told the hens that they would be selling 400 eggs per week in exchange for grain and meal. The hens were super pissed. To take their eggs away was murder to them. And they tried to rebel by hatching their eggs in the rafters and the eggs smashed to the floor. Napoleon ordered that the hen's rations be stopped and ordered death to any animal who gave them food. This went on for five days, nine hens died, and finally the hens gave up. Nothing had been seen of Snowball, but the rumor was still that he was at a neighboring farm. Wimper advised Napoleon to sell a pile of timber to a neighboring farm. So Napoleon was deciding between Foxwood and Pinchfield farms, but there were rumors flying about both of them being the farm that housed Snowball. Then they found out the alarming news that Snowball was coming to the farm by night, stealing food and breaking eggs and doing other mischievous things. Whenever something went wrong, it was Snowball. This became the norm on the farm. Napoleon did a thorough search of the farm and said he could smell Snowball everywhere. Squealer announces to the farm that Snowball has sold himself to Pinchfield Farm and they were plotting to attack Animal Farm. More than that, it has been discovered that Snowball was in league with Mr. Jones the entire time. He was a secret agent and they found all of his plans. Squealer asks the animals if they remember how Snowball had tried to get them defeated in the Battle of the Cowshed. But the animals thought that they remembered Snowball fighting bravely with them and being shot at by Jones. Boxer was the first to speak, and this is the first time he speaks out against Napoleon. He says, I do not believe that. Snowball fought bravely at the Battle of Cowshed. I saw him myself. Did we not give him Animal Hero first class immediately afterwards? Squealer says that they were fooled. And then all of Snowball's secret plans were written in his own handwriting, and he'd show them the documents if they could read, but they can't. Their heroic leader, Napoleon, had saved them all. Squealer tells a tale about how Napoleon jumped in and bit Jones's leg. He says on page 81, on page 81 it says, Now that Squealer had described the scene so graphically, it seemed to the animals that they did remember it. Boxer still doesn't believe that Snowball was a traitor from the beginning, and Squealer tells him that Napoleon had stated firmly that Snowball was Jones' agent from the beginning. 
And Boxer realizes that Napoleon himself knew it to be true. And so he says, if Napoleon says it, it must be right. And before leaving, Squealer tells the animals to keep their eyes open because they think Snowball has secret agents working for him on the farm. Four days later, the animals assemble. The dogs surround Napoleon. He makes the high-pitched sound and the dogs leap forward and grab the four pigs that always speak first and brought them to Napoleon's feet. The dogs had tasted blood and went crazy and leapt on Boxer, who crushed one of them with his hooves. And Napoleon told him to release the dog, and then he spoke to the crowd. He asks the pigs to confess their crimes, and they admitted that they had been secretly working with Snowball to destroy the windmill, and once it could maintain itself, sell Animal Farm to Mr. Frederick of Pinchfield Farm. They also admitted that Snowball had told them he had been Jones's secret agent for years. When they'd finished, the dogs tore their throats out. Napoleon asked if anyone had anything else to confess. Three hens came forward and said that Snowball had come to them in a dream, and they were also killed. A few more animals came forward to confess their crimes and were also killed. The other animals were dismissed. It says they did not know which was more shocking, the treachery of the animals who had leagued themselves with Snowball or the cruel retribution they had just witnessed. The animals gathered away from the pigs and Boxer spoke after a long silence. He didn't understand how this could happen, but it must have been their fault. So he vowed to get up a full hour earlier and work harder. The other animals observed the farm and remembered in a surprised way that it was theirs, that they aren't being ruled by humans, and they had, like, forgotten that. Clover thought to herself that this was not what they had planned when they took over the farm. She didn't know how they'd come to this point where everyone was afraid to speak their mind, but she still felt that they were better off than they had been with Jones, and she decided she'd remain faithful in order to prevent humans from coming back. She sang the Beasts of England, and the other animals joined in. When they finished the song... Squealer approached with two dogs and told them that the song was to be abolished and they were forbidden to sing it. He says on page 88, It is no longer needed. It was the song of the rebellion, but the rebellion is now completed. The execution of the traitors this afternoon was the final act. In Beasts of England, we expressed our longing for a better society in days to come, but that society has now been established. Clearly, this song has no longer any purpose. In its place was this, animal farm, animal farm, never through me shalt thou come to harm. Okay, chapter eight. After the shock of all the traitors being slaughtered in front of them, the animals thought that they remembered one of the commandments saying never to kill another animal. They checked the wall of commandments and they saw that it says no animal shall kill any other animal without cause. The pigs have added, without cause. That year, the animals worked even harder. They seemed to be working harder and eating less than they did with Jones. Squealer announced that the food had increased hundreds of percents since Jones' day. The animals couldn't remember that long ago, so they believed him. So Jones's time was so long ago that they don't remember if they have more food now or less food. They just wanted more food. So Napoleon at this time is very rarely seen in public. Even in the farmhouse, he eats and sleeps separately from the other pigs. Squealer announced Napoleon's birthday 
as another day that the gun would be fired along with the two anniversaries, the rebellion and the battle. Napoleon is now referred to as our leader, Comrade Napoleon, and he's given credit for every good thing that happens on the farm. So animals say now, under the guidance of our leader, Comrade Napoleon, I have laid five eggs in six days. A poem is written about Napoleon. It says things like, Thou art the giver of all that the creatures love. Thou watchest over all, faithful and true to thee, blah, blah, blah. Napoleon had this poem inscribed on the wall of the barn alongside a portrait of him. Meanwhile, Napoleon is still deciding which farm to sell the timber to. Snowball was still rumored to be staying at Pinchfield Farm. Three hens had come forward that summer saying that they plotted with Snowball to kill Napoleon and they were killed. Napoleon sold the timber to Pilkington at Foxwood Farm instead of Pinchfield. And there's more stories that come up about Frederick of Pinchfield Farm slaughtering his animals. I should point out that none of the things he did were worse than what Napoleon had done. But the animals were furious with Frederick. More mischief happens and is blamed on Snowball. The animals knew that he was never awarded a Medal of Honor, but had shown cowardice in the battle. So they're now to the point where they're completely convinced that Snowball was a coward and was not awarded a medal and was working with Jones. That fall, they finished the windmill structure. The animals were super proud of their work, and it seemed all worth it now that they would get to work a three-day work week, and they would have more food and more rest. Obviously, the windmill is named Napoleon Mill, and the next day, Napoleon announces that he sold the timber to Frederick. He had been in a secret agreement with him the whole time, just playing Pilkington to get a better price. He assured the farm that the rumors about Frederick were untrue, and they had probably originated from Snowball, who, by the way, had been discovered to be staying at Foxwood the entire time, never at Pinchfield. The amount of timber was never enough to buy the machinery for the windmill, and it turns out the money was forged, and when Napoleon found out, he ordered Frederick's murder. The next morning, Frederick and his men come to attack Animal Farm. The battle was much harder than the Battle of Cowshed. Fifteen men with guns came and opened fire on all of the animals. The animals are driven back. They watch as the men set explosives and blow up their windmill. This pissed off the animals just enough to get them back into fighting mode, and they charged the men. About six animals were killed, and a lot were wounded. And the men were all badly wounded as well, mostly from Boxer. And they finally fled when the pack of angry dogs came at them from the rear. The animals looked at the destroyed windmill and saw that they couldn't reuse the stone because it was now dust. Squealer was absent during the fight, obviously, but now he came to announce their win and fire a celebratory gunshot. The animals are confused as to why they would celebrate, and Squealer assures them that it doesn't matter because they will just build another windmill. He says the enemy was here to take our land, but we want it back. And Boxer's like, so we won what we already had, but we lost the windmill? <laughs> and Squealer says, yes, it's a victory. And Boxer doesn't see it as a victory until the ceremony and the congratulatory speech made by Napoleon. Then they all felt that they had won a huge victory. Obviously, Napoleon was the only animal to receive a medal for this battle, the Order of the Green Banner. A few days later, the pigs find barrels of whiskey in the cellars and they get super drunk and party all night. The next day, 
They didn't wake up in the morning, and when Squealer finally came out of the house, he announced that Napoleon was dying. A rumor went around that Snowball had poisoned him, and on 107 it says, As his last act upon earth, Comrade Napoleon has pronounced a solemn degree that the drinking of alcohol is to be punished by death. But later on in the evening, Napoleon seems to be feeling a lot better, and by the next morning was feeling good enough to get up. He literally thought he was dying because he had a hangover. The next day, he purchased his books on brewing and distilling and decided to use the retirement part of the farm as a place to grow barley. Now, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but at a certain age, it's different for all animals. They can go into retirement where they don't have to work and they still get food and they can just graze all day in this part of land on Animal Farm that's known as the retirement part. But now Napoleon takes that to grow barley so he can make his own alcohol. In the night, the animals are awoken by a crash and they follow the sound. They find a broken ladder, a paintbrush, and white paint sitting below the wall where the Seven Commandments were written. (laughs) Squealer was also there. He was knocked out from the fall. When he wakes up, the dogs escort him home. The animals couldn't figure out what it all meant, except old Benjamin, but he wouldn't speak about it. All he would say was life is bad. And a few days later, Muriel went to read the commandments and noticed that she must have remembered another commandment wrong. It says, no animal shall drink alcohol to excess. They liked how they felt when they were drunk, so they decided to change the commandment so that they can drink alcohol. Chapter 9. They start work on the windmill again. Boxer wasn't healed from his injuries. He took quite a few bullets to the leg during the battle, but he worked anyway, even though he's injured. Clover and Benjamin tried to get him to work less, but he refused. He said he would work until he hit retirement age in one year. The winter was hard and food was short, except for the pigs and dogs, of course. But Squealer explained that away like everything else with detail. He told them how they were still so much better off than they had been with Jones and that they had way more food still. He says on page 113, Besides, in those days they had been slaves and now they were free, and that made all the difference. In the fall, 13 piglets are born, all fathered by Napoleon. They are given instruction by Napoleon. He teaches them, and they're not allowed to play with any of the other animal children. A rule is put out that animals who crossed pigs on a path must move aside and let them walk by as a sign of respect. Pigs were also allowed to wear green ribbons on Sundays. They had a good year, but they were still short on money for things like building the school for pigs and Napoleon's sugar cubes. (laughs) Heaven forbid he doesn't have sugar cubes. Okay, the egg contract was increased to 600 eggs per week and other things were sold off in order to make up the difference. Rations were reduced again in December and February. The pigs figured out how to make alcohol but it was only to be used by the pigs. On 115 it says, But if there were hardships to be borne, they were partly offset by the fact that life nowadays had a greater dignity than it had before. But the pigs made sure to do things like spontaneous demonstrations where they would have all the animals march in a sort of military parade to celebrate their freedom. And they were able to forget that their bellies were empty at least part of the time. Animal Farm was proclaimed a republic in April, and Napoleon was the only candidate for president. 
The same day, documents were found that showed Snowball was fighting on Jones' side during the Battle of the Cowshed. In fact, he had actually been the leader of the human forces and had charged into battle with the words, Long live humanity on his lips. The wounds on Snowball's back, which a few animals still remembered to have seen, had been inflicted by Napoleon's teeth. That's on page 117. The raven, Moses, remember him, he comes back, but all he does is tell tales of Sugar Candy Mountain again. All the animals worked like slaves that year again. Boxer gets weaker and weaker, but he works just as hard. And late in the summer, just before Boxer's retirement, Boxer had been hurt. He had fallen while working and couldn't get back up. He said that his lung had collapsed and he didn't seem to care except about building and that he could now retire knowing that there was enough stone for the animals to use to finish the windmill. Squealer said Napoleon had arranged for a doctor to come and take Boxer away and repair his lung. Animals were weary about this because they don't want a human taking care of Boxer. But a few days later, a man comes to get Boxer. The animals are all out working when he's taken away. Benjamin, though, saw the van that picked Boxer up and comes to tell the others. They run to say goodbye to the van, but Benjamin shouted at them, Fools, do you not see what is written on the side of the van? And the van says, Alfred Simmons, horse slaughterer and glue boiler. Clover raced after the van, trying to tell Boxer to get out. She's trying to explain to him, like, they're taking you to kill you. And he tries to kick his way out, but he couldn't do it because he was so weak. And then the van was gone. A few days later, the pigs announced that Boxer had died in the hospital. Squealer obviously had a whole story about how he was at Boxer's bedside when he died, and Boxer's last words to Squealer were, Forward, comrades. Forward in the name of rebellion. Long live Animal Farm. Long live Comrade Napoleon. Napoleon is always right. And then Squealer set straight the nasty rumor about the Van Sank horse slaughterer. He says he can't believe that any animal would actually be that stupid to think that they'd slaughter their brother. The explanation was simple. He said the van had been bought from a slaughterer and the vet just hadn't painted over it yet. Squealer went on and on about the expensive medicines that Napoleon had paid for on Boxer's behalf and all the animal's doubts were set to rest. A few nights later, a truck delivered a crate and the pigs got super drunk again and partied all night and somehow from somewhere they had gotten the money to buy another case of whiskey. Chapter 10. This is the last chapter. Years passed and no one remembered the rebellion except Clover, Benjamin, Moses the Raven, and some of the pigs. A number of the animals were now dead. Snowball and Boxer were forgotten. Clover was two years past retirement age, but no one had ever retired. It says on page 28, the rebellion was only a dim tradition passed on by word of mouth. Most of the newer animals on the farm were not so smart. It says they accepted everything that they were told about the rebellion and the principles of animalism, especially from Clover, for whom they had all almost filial respect but it was doubtful whether they understood much of it. The farm was bigger. They had purchased two fields from a neighboring farm. The windmill was successfully completed, but had not been used for electricity. It was used for milling corn. The animals were going to build another windmill, though, and that one was going to be for electricity. So they never got their three-day work week. It says on page 129, but the luxuries of which Snowball had once taught the animals to dream the stalls with electric light and hot and cold water and the three-day work week 
were no longer talked about. Napoleon had denounced such ideas as contrary to the spirit of animalism. The truest happiness, he said, lay in working hard and living frugally. So the farm grew larger and richer, but the animals were still overworked and still extremely hungry, except for the pigs and the dogs, who had the burden of supervising and organizing, which was the hardest work of all, according to Squealer. On 130, it says, they could not remember what life was like before the rebellion. There was nothing with which they could compare their present lives. They had nothing to go upon except Squealer's list of figures, which invariably demonstrated that everything was getting better and better. But the animals were proud to be on Animal Farm, the only farm in England run by animals, and at least their hardship, tire, and hunger were not at the hands of human beings. It says no creature called any other creature master. All animals were equal. But like they call him leader, not master, but it's the same thing. It just blows my mind. Anyway, one day Squealer took all the sheep to the other end of the farm, far away from the other animals, for a whole day to supposedly teach them a new song. When the sheep had returned that evening, all the animals saw something extremely astonishing. It was a pig walking on his hind legs. It was Squealer, and he was followed by a long line of pigs trying to learn how to walk on their hind legs. Napoleon was at the end of the line holding a whip in his trotter, and the animals stood in shock as they watched this happen, and they couldn't figure out why they would do this when this entire time they were so against it, so against two legs. And then the sheep broke out into chant, four legs good, two legs better. This went on for five minutes, and by the end of it, the pigs were back in the farmhouse. Clover and Benjamin walked over to the wall where the seven commandments were written. They found that there was only one commandment now. They had painted over all the other commandments, and the only thing that it said now was, all animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. It didn't seem strange the next day when the pigs were walking on two feet. They had also installed a telephone in the farmhouse. They started wearing human clothing from Joan's closet, and none of this seems strange to the animals now. A week later, humans showed up on the farm. They were from neighboring farms, coming to inspect the place. They were super impressed. The other animals weren't sure who to be more afraid of, the pigs or the humans. The humans stayed for dinner in the farmhouse that night. The animals got curious, so they snuck up to the window and watched what was going on. The pigs and a few farmers were eating and drinking at the table together. They had been playing cards. Mr. Pilkington of Foxwood Farm gave a toast that he was happy that their misunderstandings were behind them. He apologized that they thought Animal Farm had been unsettling in the beginning, and they commended Napoleon on the organization of the farm. On 137, it says he believed that he was right in saying that the lower animals on Animal Farm did more work and received less food than any animals in the country. He finishes his toast by saying, to the prosperity of Animal Farm. Napoleon gets up to give his speech. He assured the men that the rumors of their rebellion were just that, rumors. They had never wanted to rebel just to live in peace with their human neighbors. He said that even now, changes were still being made to his farm, like they were no longer going to call each other comrade. When Old Major died, they had his skull put up on the wall. So Napoleon is saying that they're going to take the skull down and take the flag down that has the white hoof on it. It was to be changed to just 
a plain green flag. And then he said that the farm was no longer going to be called Animal Farm, but to be called its proper, correct, original name, Manor Farm. As the animals outside watched the pigs and the humans converse, they realized something odd about the pigs' faces. There was an uproar in the house. Mr. Pilkington and Napoleon both played the ace of spades in the card game. So they're fighting. And the other animals realized as they looked at them. On page 141, it says, They looked from pig to man and from man to pig again. It was impossible to say which was which. Napoleon has literally become Mr. Jones, even down to wearing his clothes and speaking like him. That's it, guys. Animal Farm. We're going to go quickly over themes. Okay, so the first thing that I mentioned was that it's a cautionary tale about totalitarianism and Stalinism, which Stalinism is basically totalitarianism. Totalitarianism is a form of government that controls the public almost completely and doesn't allow for oppositional parties or schools of thought. And it's normally led by one ruler, which is obviously Napoleon. And this is what happens on Animal Farm. Just slowly but surely, it becomes a totalitarian government. Napoleon is in charge. Squealer's his messenger boy. Anyway, second theme we're going to talk about a little bit more. It's oppression and control over the lower class. So the pigs are the only educated animals on the farm. Right after Snowball leaves, they no longer educate the animals. He was the one that was educating them. And most of the other animals don't even care to read, and the pigs use this to their advantage. The pigs also use Squealer as their form of persuasion. He's super good at it. He can get them to believe anything if he explains it enough because they don't understand most of what he's saying. Like, remember at one point he told them that it was called tactics and none of the animals knew what that meant, but they believed him anyway. So he just uses words that they don't understand in order to like intimidate them and therefore they believe him because he's way smarter than they are. The sheep in the story are used as a tool as well, a form of distraction. If the uneducated animals start thinking about the wrongness of the situation or try to protest at all, the sheep pipe in and start chanting to distract them from their thought. Most of the animals have a feeling that something is wrong, but they don't know how to articulate it because most of them don't even know the full alphabet or any of the alphabet, actually. The pigs also use violence and scare tactics as a means of control when they start killing animals for treason right in front of everyone else. And they also use the dogs as a threatening mechanism. They just growl at whoever opposes them. And Squealer always threatens the animals with Jones returning to the farm if they complain. And he confuses them to the point where they don't remember if it was better or worse when Jones was there. And that is how you create a totalitarian government. Through the control of the lower class. So, there you have it. Animal Farm. An allegory of the Stalinist era of a totalitarian government. It was George Orwell's way of bringing to light the issues of communism, totalitarianism, and dictatorships, which is why it was initially refused publication. Nobody wanted that brought to light. That's it, guys. Animal Farm is over. 
go follow Brief Podcast on Instagram right now so that you can know when we post new books. And also send your syllabi to our email, hello at briefpodcast.com, so that we know what books you need briefed.